everybody, this is Rabbi Chaim Schwartz of the Vatican of Queens and the Vodcast. In 1994, a controversy erupted in the Jewish world about the kashras of milk. It had been discovered that cows had a procedure being done that was rendering it trefa. And a discussion ensued amongst the postgame and the kashras agencies, what is the status of plain regular milk that we drink for cereal, coffee, and on a daily basis? Rabbi Manus Blumenfrucht, a young Tamachachim from Brooklyn, has revisited this topic and has written a Sefer Chalav Trefa on the topic. We discussed with him how he got into it, what his findings and conclusions are, and what the halacha should be today according to his opinion. I hope you enjoy it. It's a fascinating listen and definitely will be smarter for it. Please listen to the other podcasts that we have put out, especially the one earlier in the week from Rabbi Yitzchak Pindris, member of Knesset for Degelat Torah, and discussing the Kotel controversy and what we can do about it. Rabbi Manas thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So, I understand that you wrote a sefer called Chalav HaTrefa, is that correct? Yeah, Chalav Trefa, yes. Chalav Trefa. So before we start, why don't you tell you tell about yourself to our listeners and your background, and um, we'll go from there. Thank you. So thank you for having me. Um, I I am learning now in Beis Yosef, in Koyal and Beis Yosef and Flatbush by Rav Mati Yafin. Um, and previously I went to Lakewood and BMG and Brisk. And um, I started a yeshiva by Rav Mati Greenblatt. Um, who I worked by for a year and I received smicha from, and uh, I'm a Tamar Valley Brunden uh, from Brooklyn. Tamar Valley Brunden. So, how did you get to Rebnata? So, I had met him. Um, we went on a trip when I was uh, in the summer one time and I met him. And I started a shaykhis with him, and uh, he told me he had wanted to start a yeshiva. So, I arranged to bring some boys down to Tennessee. Um, and we were there for a year in Memphis. It was over a long period of time. It took a long time to arrange it, but we, Baruch Hashem, it was a very big success to, to go there and it worked out. My earliest, uh, as a carnival of Nutta, was when we lived out of town. We lived very much out of town. My father, uh, I grew up out of town, different story for a different time. Rav Nutta used to come to our town to be Masad or Gittin. This is, we're talking about the late 70s, early 80s. And I remember Rivnata coming to our house. So he's certainly somebody who has done a tremendous amount of applies so for someone at your age to have this kiss, to have some, to know somebody like that. Yeah, I met him by a, by a get also. There's a cheshivas on its own. So uh, you, 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 should, you, should be, you should be applauded for being Miss Abik Ba'akaraglayim. Because yes, Renata is certainly a throwback to, to a Dardaya. He is a Dardaya. And uh, that alone, it's nice to have nice to have somebody who appreciates Kamil Chacham and the people who have mercy and efforts for Kali Yisrael. Thank you. So you wrote a safer called Call of Trepa. And I'd like you telling me, what is this safer about? Okay, so the safer is about, um, about 30 years ago, there was a Shiloh that, um, that came up. Um, that the mashke, on regarding dairy, the cash of dairy in America, um, mashkichim were made aware that there were cows that had surgeries done to them. Um, they were mashkichim and chovisrael farms. I don't know what company, but they were mashkichim and chovisrael farms. And they saw that um, a lot of cows had surgeries done to them, which made them trephus or suffolk trephus. And it raised a big, uh, there was a big tumult that came out because since the cows were suffolk or by the trephus, and there were not 60, there's not shishim against those cows in the in the herd, so the milk from those farms were usher. So there was a very big tumult. Um, the Rabbanim at the time dealt with the Shiloh. Um, some said that they had that the milk, all dairy products and all the kalim that were used to cook the stuff were usher. Some were matter b'dyeved, so it was a big tumult, but from then on, the Rabbanim uh, the Chalvi Sral claimed that they instituted different like, methods to remove the cows that had surgery and it shouldn't be a Shiloh that they don't get into the milking parlor and they don't, or they're sold from the farm. That's what the Chalvi Sral farms, the people involved claim. Um, 
the the rabbanim at the time, um, the rabbanim at the time said that the rabbanim at the time that dealt with her were, um, for example, I just want to give who they were. There was like Rav Nasha Klein, Rav Chatzkaroth, Rav Yisrael Belsky, um, Rav Moshe Heinemann, Rav Chaim Kohn, Rav Zilber, um, Rav Shoy Magros, the Belzadayim, they all wrote chuvas about the Shiloh. Um, they mainly dealt with if the surgeries make the animals trafe. That was how they were um, approaching the Shiloh. So a lot of those above the placing that I mentioned, um, a lot of the placing that I mentioned um, said that they, a lot of the, they wrote chuvas and they wrote in the chuvas that the surgeries either don't make them or they make them trafe only, um, they make them trafe, if they make them trafe, it's only a Shiawa, since it's a Shiawa of whatever, the Rabbanan that you could be Mako on the issue. That was back then for that issue. But for the future, the Rabbanim um, instituted um, Takanas. They claimed that they instituted Takanas for Chal Yisrael. The issue remained though for those who consume Chal Stam because Chal Stam, um, Chal Stam had a different, a different issue and they, they don't have mashkicham on the farms. So there was a different issue that remained that that's what my safer is about. Huh. So let me let me ask you something historically. So yeah. th- this this story happened right around the time of your birth. Yes, it was. Uh, I was like two years old at the at the time of the Shiloh. Um, and uh, it's fascinating that this is something that you got into. Uh, personally, just in my recollection, I was learning in Eretz Yisrael at the time, and when I was learning in Eretz Yisrael, I heard about this tumult in 1994. I was in Eretz Yisrael, and. I never really, uh, the reason why I was intrigued by, by, I actually heard you on another interview. Um, the reason I was intrigued because I really never got the full brunt of this Shiloh because I was in Eretz Yisrael. And in fact, uh, I'd stayed in Eretz Yisrael for another few years and then I went back right after I got married. I'm not here to give you my whole history, obviously, but it's a Shiloh that I really wasn't present in America for. And that's why it so much intrigued me is because I really didn't live it. So... Uh, the, the fact that you got involved in it is also intriguing to me. Um, I do know that uh, at the time, one of the big Gedalia Rishivas who was still alive today uh, uh, famously uh, went into the dining room, you probably know who I'm talking about, and uh, took a cup of milk and made a tremendous shahakomi of and you know, and that, and that in the Yeshiva Shahilo, I don't know if you know that story. No, I don't. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll tell you offline who that was. And uh, that was uh, in the in the oil of my yeshivas. My, the the the, <laughs> that was that was the that was the way they dealt with it. But it sounds like you've given this treat much much more of a intensive treaty. And the, really, the question would be um, today: Why isn't the Shiloh the way it was in 1994? That's really what we're dealing with, right? Right. Yeah. Why isn't the Shiloh as then? Why isn't the Shiloh as then? So you, you discuss about the difference between Chal of Yisrael and Chal of Stam. So if I understand you correctly, just for the listeners, that, that the, the Chal of Yisrael uh, farms, the Mashkichim who are on the farms, they noticed this, correct? Yes. And they were the ones who brought it up. And of course, uh, the Chal of Stam milk that comes, which doesn't have a Mashkich, and we rely on the Heter of Moshe, uh, you know, which is a different discussion. Um, so is that that's the reason why it was only relevant to Cholestam customers. Is that do I understand correctly? Yes. Uh, I think so, customers. Yes, yes. So, so at the time when that happened, the Rabbanim wrote that since we, we fixed the issue for us, but many Rabbanim wrote that the issue still applies for Cholestam because Cholestam, again, is Rabbi Moshe said that um, in America, government supervision um, is in place of a Jew. We know that Chalav that was milked by a guy is not is Asr to drink without a Jew watching it. Chav Shechavu Akam without a Yisrael is Asr. Rav Moshe says in America, um, the government supervision is as though a Jew is there for the Anan Sahadi, whatever that is. Um, and again, I'm not talking about relying on Rav Moshe's Iker That's not the purpose of my Sefer and the purpose of this discussion. Everybody should do what they were doing. And uh, that's not uh, the purpose of my conversation here. Just that um, for the, the many Rabbanim wrote that Chalstam is Asr. There's a Rav Nasha Klein wrote this, Rav Yitzchak Stein, he's the Falta Chanadain, Rav Yechonon Vazna wrote this, Rav Chaim Kohn wrote this, Rav, Rav Eckstein in, in Bar Park 
wrote, wrote this four times. Um, there's an article from Abed Bleich. He republished it 10 years ago and he wrote it again. He wrote it, published actually 2008, 15 years ago. Um, it, there are, yes, they, they, it, it, it's been around the block and I've heard it since I'm young that people we call Stam are entering or being Nikshaw in this trefa. So it's been around, I've heard it for a very long time, over 10 years. Um, and there is no, since there's no mashkicham on the farms, because our Moshe's hetter is that you don't need mashkicham on the farms, so there's no way to remove the cows. So by the term of the cows, the cows' milk, milk from cows that we're operating on is 100% legal to be sold. It's regular cow's milk. They, uh, they reach their regular produ- production a couple of months after surgery. So that was not, um, there's no uh, government supervision on that part. There's only government supervision that there shouldn't be camel's milk or the such in the milk, but not on this thing. So... Uh, many Rabbanim said that Chal Vizrael, Chal Stam is an issue regarding the Trefus, meaning even those who were wide of Moshe Feinstein and ate milk, O-U-D, they didn't dafka by Chal Vizrael. This was a new problem that Rav Moshe didn't deal with. And uh, like Rav Yitzchak Stein writes, that Rav Moshe was never matter this Matthias. So who could rely on him today? Like those are, the, those are the type of stuff that they wrote. So therefore, Hagetzim in Varenu, Cholostam is Aser, the Kibas Akaris is there. There's no one to watch over it. It was a very big pleasure to meet you, Rabbi. And I guess that'll be the end of our conversation. Is that correct? No. So, so. <laughs> I'm not getting, we're not getting off so easy. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like, sounds like a lot of research was done. Harvey Dioy was, was, was spilled over here. And I'm fascinated to understand how is it possible in the world of Chalavstam, or Chalavah companies, as Ramesha calls it, yeah. how is it possible that we can continue eating it today? By the way, you should just know, um, in terms of Nikiva Sakaris, um, I would love to get uh, to discuss it with Rabbana Machshirim as it pertains to meat. This is an issue that came up in South America a few, many, uh, about 10 or 15 years ago with the shechita of the animals of the deer. And, um, you know, the, the meat coming from South America, that whole being over there. And I know that the, uh, maybe you know better than I do, but I know that uh, there is a mashkia that uh, is on the, at the Schlachtizer in South America that's there to make sure, to do that bedika to see if there's right. a Nikivus Akaris. Right, so, so, so it's a good point. I just want to point something out. When the Shiwa came up, so this I heard from Chaim Kohn. He, he was the Adayin and he was part of the KJ. He told me that he called Rav Zalman and he told him about the Shiloh. And Rav Zalman said, they called me about this question that in America. And Rav Zalman, I bring this in my safer, the word from Rav Chaim Kohn. He wrote it down. I wrote, it uh, wasn't printed anywhere. Uh, this truth wasn't printed. So Rav Zalman said, oh, yeah, for, I was for, made for, for those who don't, for those who don't, actually, for those who don't know, Rav Chaim Kohn was, was the, uh, he was the head of the Bezin of, uh, of KJ for many, many years. And in charge of the kashrus there for many years. A really very good hoyben a chashbe yid, who's a tremendous tamachacham. Yes. 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 And I've been in touch with him throughout this entire, uh, throughout the last three years I've been going through it. So, so Rechaim Kohn told me that Rashom Zalman, when the shower came up, said that oh they called me and since it wasn't the karas I was mako because there are paiskin that are mako nikav karas there's a peschei tshuva or whatever. So Rechaim Kohn said that this shower was in the keva. And the cave is Asr Bemashu Kuyam, or whatever the reason is, it's more Khamra. And instead of Shem Zalman was, was so upset that they misled him, he said, It's a totally different Shiloh, and whatever I said doesn't apply. That's how it was. So it's a, more, it's a little bit more Khamra. There could be some stud in that we could use that or use for the carrots, but it's a little bit more Khamra than the meat Shiloh in South America. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you, you were Mayuk just now because I just realized that maybe there are people that don't understand what we're talking about, even with the Shiloh in America. The so Shiloh in America. Should I explain this, the, the, the disease? Yeah, why don't we start from the olive phase? Yeah, why don't we yeah. start from the olive phase, the disease, why it happened, and then I'd love for you to explain why, in fact, this is an issue of Trefus. Yeah, okay, so so the 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 diseases as uh, like this. The cow, there are cows, um, um, milking cows in America, Holsteins, that's what they usually are. They um, when they have children, when they give birth, that's when they, when they uh, calve, that's when they start lactating. So um, 
when they, before they they start have children, they're they're called dry cows. They're not giving milk, and then when they give birth, they start giving milk. Now they have to provide milk for their. They start their bodies change. The rapid change in their diet causes um, a, something a lot of different health issues in the cow because they're going from not eating so the calorie intake was very low before they give birth, and then it doubles. So that causes a lot of um, issues with cows. That's the basic disease. What 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 causes the disease? Um, it's in. We're talking about with, with the Shiwa, The 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 disease that we're talking about was it's called left displaced abomasum. The abomasum is the cava. The cava is um, one of these the fourth stomach of a of a cow, a ruminant, um, and in those stages, transition stage cows again when they transition from not giving milk to giving milk. So very often there, those that dietary change causes uh, it to fill with ear, the, the abomasum to fill with ear. And it displaces from its correct position, which is correctly on the right side, it moves to the left side of the cow. So again, the cow's stomach, the, the abomasum moves to the left side and uh, it needs to be moved back. It's not an immediate threat to the cow's health, but it needs to be moved back. The cow has suffers from different things because of it. Milk production goes down. Um, they they say cow depression and other thing. Different things happen, so they 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 fix the they try to anchor the stomach back in its place. Now, this is very important to clarify. The disease itself, this left displaced abomasum, even if we were to say that the cow would die within 24 hours of it, having this disease, it does not make the cow a trefa because it's a, it's not one of the yudches trefas. It's not one of the things that Chazal said are trefa. So it's not a trefa. A cow that has this disease, you could drink its milk, you could eat its meat. There's no problem. The issue only comes when they operate to correct it. That's when the shiloh comes up because when they operate on it, the, they very often puncture or cut different parts of the animal that make it trefa, as Chazal said. And um, the main parts of the shiloh is the cava, the abomasum. They puncture that. And they also cutting open the flanks to get inside the abdomen of the animal that also um, raises questions about Basar Chayfes Reva Karas and other things. So that's what the, the place in the Rabbanim dealt with. They saw cows that were operated on. So they had to deal with these two Shaiwas about the Trefus of the Basar Chayfes Reva Karas and of the Keva of the Abomasum. So that's what the main Chuvas of the Rabbanim are on, dealing with the Trefus of it. So your research, uh, so what did your research show? And, and how did you go about researching the Shaiwa? So, so when I was learning, I heard about the Shiloh always, and the Shiloh is very relevant, even for people who live in New York that don't touch Chalstam. Um, it's very negay for a lot of a lot of people. First of all, there are people that are making on O-U-D-E, dairy equipment, um, Oreos, Snyder's pretzels, people are making on, uh, there's the coffee creamers, there's a lot of stuff that people are making on. You mean, you mean, the, they, you mean the, the, the ones who are makbin of Chalbisrael are making on Okay. So there are so a lot of people, for them. Uh, because so so dairy equipment is okay because for whatever reason, even the people that are machmer on Chal Stam, they're make on Kalim. Rav Moshe said there's no Indian to be machmer on Kalim. Um, it's in the people that heard from him and it's written in the Messiah's Moshe. Rav Henkin writes that people will make on Kalim without a Shiloh. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky writes that they're make on Kalim. There are many, many big, big Gedoyway Apaiskim that say that Kalim, there's no question people could OUDE. Now, again, I'm not telling you that's not what I'm passing here. There are people, Rabbi Yasha was machmer on that. But if you, if Chabad it's... Also. Chabad Yeah. So, so even though I, I don't, well, just on that point, I don't know Chabad, the, the Shmuel, they quote from the, from the Baal that's very Chamer, because it's Chesronis and Amuna. The Baal was talking about without government supervision. Now, it could be if the Baal would be alive, he would also not approve of Chalstam, but he never spoke about when there's government supervision. So as I told the Wabavich Shuyach, it's just speculation to know what the Baal would hold about Chalstam today. We could guess, but we don't know because he didn't speak about it. His thing that they quote, that Chalv Akam causes people to have issues with Amuna, was when there's no government supervision. He was talking about when there's no government supervision, and he said that problem. If there's government supervision, he would say the same thing, but he never spoke about that. So just as an aside, but, mm-hmm. but dear, he didn't have the Matthias. Ramosha writes, Ramosha right. said that, that he doesn't think he's arguing on anybody with his Chal Stam Hatta because nobody had this Matthias of government supervision. He doesn't think it's against any Paiskam. So 
I know that that's a point of debate, and again, not my purpose here, but anybody who quotes older Paiskim, even the Chsam Seifer, is not understanding what Moshe is trying, is saying a svara that works for everybody. He writes in the Chuvas, he said it, I heard it from Rabbi First in Chicago, Ramosha definitely felt that his heter is Ukoyama. So that's just a different point. And I'm, again, I'm not dealing with Chalstam and I'm not telling anybody to change a minute. But dairy equipment is very relevant. People are Mako. I know many people that are that are Mako on dairy equipment that would not touch Chalstam because of the placement that are not there. Rabbi Yashua's Machmar on it, but there are Mikilim. So if it's dairy equipment, you could say that we rely on Ramosha for dairy for equipment, for Kalim. But if it's trace, you can't eat something that was cooked in a trefa pot. So that it would be O-U-T-E, you know, if that's somebody told me it's O-U-T-E in trefa equipment, that's what it would be. It's, it's not D-E, that would be that. Um, which, which very of course, nothing, nothing, to do with the o, nothing to do with the O-U, of course, just the, yeah, yeah. Colloquial, <laughs> saying, the colloquial the use of the, uh, of the term. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and then formula, baby formula would be another issue. There are many Makiwama baby formula. Some people rely on baby formula, they rely on Rav Moshe. Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank says that powder is more cow. Rav Hinkin quotes him. Um, the Tzitzel Yezer goes with that. There are Paiskin that Rav Avad Yosef says you could be Mako for, I think, for, for, for children with, with Avak. So people are Mako on formula. Now that's all when we're dealing with Chal Akum, but if we're dealing with you can't, it's much more calmer. And then people that are out of town. I, I mean, when, when I was in Memphis, right? People think that whatever they see in Brooklyn on the stores that you have, uh, everybody has Chal Stam, every Chal everywhere. It's just not true. People don't have Chal Vistral. They don't have access to Chal Vistral wherever they are. Many, many fine, upstanding Jews eat Chal Stam because they have no other braver to. So those people, we don't want it. We hope that they're not eating trafe. So it's a very relevant Shaiwa. And people in hospitals, in old age homes, there are stuff that there are certain stuff that are given, certain pills that have ingredients that are tra- that are, that, are, that people rely on sure, most. Sure, and, and uh, solidifiers and uh, and vitamins. Sure, of course. Absolutely. Right, and for people in kashros, it's also more cow to when you're kashring from chov stam, it's more cow than a, a iser gum. So it's another. It's all. This is just a relevant shower to just sweep it under the rug because it's chov stam. Just like it is, it's relevant to everybody, really. It really is relevant to everybody, unless you will not touch any product that had any relationship, even a cousin to 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 how many people are making. Many people are making. So it's a rel- very relevant uh, shaiwa, and um, I decided to look into it um, because of this. So as I asked you before, so what? what the, so what did the research show you? And what? Oh, the, so so. Right. Where, where, so, where, where is it? Where, where, were, the, were the facts on the ground correct? Were they incorrect? Were they? Where, where, where did it lead you? So I, I started first going through the truths of the bottom of the surgeries because that's how they all wrote. So I thought that was the only avenue of approach. That was the main avenue. So I went through the, the truths. Rabbi Belsky's truva. Rabbi Belsky wrote really wonderful long truths. Um, Rav Chaim Kohn. I got his truva, which isn't published, and other Rabbi Mishaneman, Rabbi Mendel Zilber, from Satmar, um, Rabbi Bleich but a very nice um, in, in, in the tradition. I got all that stuff. And I was just researching the, the, the surgeries to see like what's going on over there, just to see, because I want to know what's going on. You have some people that were telling me that Treif Gomer and some people that were saying the OU says you could eat it. There's no Shiloh. I was just trying to see for myself. I was running Trefus in Yeshiva. And um, there was just a, no consensus between the Rabbanim on the different facts and stuff. So I decided to research it myself. So I contacted um, professors and veterinarians to see how they do certain procedures and because the Rabbanim were arguing about like in the Chuvas they weren't arguing on each other they weren't really talking to each other meaning the Chuvas the Chuvas were written each one on their own like in a vacuum but when you weren't the Chuvas together you had one person saying Rav Chaim Kuhn said that the, the neck was done in this part of the cave and Rav Belsky said it was done in a different part of the cave so like which one do how do you go so I was, I, like those type of things, I researched myself and I was compiling the information and trying to see the study had there. I was only Trefus in Yeshiva, my Chavrusa Chaim Hutner. And uh, we went through the Shaiwa. And uh, just after I finished learning it, I, I the Hatarim, again, I'm not asking here, I'm out of place, but the Hatarim were very difficult to rely on just on the surgery aspect, meaning if the way, the avenue to, to, to be matter, the, the, the Chalostam was just based on surgeries. People, there are big Doyle that said it was Mutter, Rabbi Belsky, Rabbi Heinemann, but, and others, a few others, but I just, I, I didn't feel comfortable like if I would want to feed formula to my child based on that when I could get similar Chal Visral, you know, that, that wasn't uh, something I wanted to do. 
So I started asking different Rabbanim that were involved, like that knew about this. And many Rabbanim said, yeah, of course, it's Aser. It's Aser. The trephus, uh, the surgeries are, the, the term are very schwer and nobody sure why. So I said, okay, and what do you do about Can I ask, let me ask, Let me just ask you a question. Let me just ask you a question. I'm sorry. I know in Zoom, it's hard to, to delay. Chal um, Yisrael with the Mashkichim. I know we know, we know the Mashkichim. We do, they do great jobs. So, Baruch Hashem. But the Mashkichim are always, is that something that they would, they would see? That's something that was, it's evident that it's done um, to, 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 you know, to a Mashkich on a farm? So I'll tell you, I, I, don't, I didn't research this more than, I didn't go into that because the Chalvi Straw claimed that they take care of it. Or is it, or, or is it, done, or is it done in a different location? I'm, I'm not really asking if the Mashkich is going to do a job. Uh, so asking, interesting, very interesting in question. We just seem to be nemming on that even on the Chalvi Straw farms, it's not a problem. It's not, it's not a problem because the Mashkich is there. I'm just curious about the Mitzis of where it's done, when it's done. Right, so I'll tell you, so it's a very interesting point because many people don't know this. When the shower came up, Rabbi, one of the Rabbanim in Square wrote a tshuva to Ravazna. I have the tshuva, how they want to do the surgeries. They're going to have a mashkiach there and they're going to cut in certain places. It won't be showers. And Ravazna gave the okay. And then there was a tumult. This people don't know about the tumult. You can see Ravazna's dealing it. People were upset about it. So Ravazna was, they added words to Ravazna's tshuva. I don't know exactly. Somebody wrote after he signed it that Ravazna said not to do any surgeries. So they rewrote to Ravazner and they basically said that we're just going to institute selling the cows. This was from Square that we're not going to do any surgeries, even though we confirmed with you that we're doing it in a way with Adashaiwa, with the Mashkiach watching the surgeries. We're going to do it in a way with Adashaiwa. So there was maybe a month or two, a year that they were doing surgeries. But now the general um, way it goes is that Chalvi Straw Farms, they don't own the farms, right? The Chalvi Straw don't own um, farms. They, 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 they take the milk. Right, they take the milk. So when they, they go just buy there, the milk. Yeah. So when they go there, they and that's they, really that's really my question because the mashkiach is there just to make watch the watch the the milking. He's not there to. So know, I'll tell his, you my job I'll is tell, not to. It's not. It's a, it's a very good point. I, I I've been asking people this question. Um, I actually spoke to somebody about this. Um, um, so I spoke to somebody who does who does this. Basically, what seems to be is that they come to the farm and they check the history of the cows and the records. And they have contracts that the, that the farm either has to sell them or segregate them when they milk. Um, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't fully understand the halachic um, reasons why it's pushed that they we were allowing the guy to remove it. But that's not their much bigger. I'm not a rab. They're a that approved this. So that's not my thing. But they're, they're, they, they are removing the cows. That's what the... The, that's what they say. They, they, I saw a contract on the Chalvi Shal Farm. If the guy has to sell the cow, the non-Jew has to sell the cow if it has a surgery, or they have to segregate it, they have to send it to a different farm that they own. I've seen those type of things, and that's what they say. The, the only question is that I just would like to research more, which I didn't, but I'd like to research more. I got a little bit, is that when the mashkir comes down to the farm, he doesn't go and feel the cows to see which ones have surgery. He doesn't go to see which ones have scars. He goes to the records of computers, which a non-Jew put in. Now, in Hawacha, that's a questionable. I'm not saying it's I'm just saying something that we should be looked into. What is the, why do we trust the guy to put it in? Maybe they'll do a surgery when they, and forget to put it in, or maybe they'll, they'll write in the records, right? If you go to the records and you see that cow number 240 had a surgery, so you remove it, that's very good. But maybe cow 241 had one, they didn't, they didn't write it down. So the contract says they do maybe, but what's the wonders of that? But that's, I didn't look into it. And I'm not being methodical in that at all. There are very big robots mm-hmm. that do it. I'm just, that's something just, I would like to, I asked some people about it's it. Just, that's an me, interesting Nakuda. Yeah, I asked somebody in the in the industry, and he told me a few hatarim. He told me it's Masih fitumoy and umelaram. I say okay, but but pasha aser. It's all wonders as far as. But I want to say, um, like b'wishai wakal. It sounds like there's something that there's some wonders that needs to be used there. It's not like they're not they're not a Jew there. That's an eidachah that's there that tells you all the time. There's a mashgiach that comes down and, and is meticulous to do it. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know firsthand about that. And I heard. I, I had heard from from one of the somebody that said that the Chalvi straw farms have the same issue. One very very big person. Um, I don't know what he meant. Maybe he meant this. I don't know what he meant. He said that they have the same issue. Maybe the removal needs svaras, and he didn't love that. But they they have a mashkichim. They claim they remove it, and I'm not discussing that at all. Everybody who eats it, there's rabbanim on it. I'm not. That's not what I'm talking that about. Would, that would be that would that would be more that would to me would seem much more plausible because. Where they do the procedure, and if they do it on premises at, at necessarily that time, it's probably very, it's probably uh, not 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 at the same yes, time. Yes, it's interesting. But it's interesting that assume, you thought. 
it's interesting that you thought that they did that they did it in a way because there was somebody who wanted to do it and it was a big backlash, but nobody knows about it because it was quickly shelved. That's what it seems like. It was shelved. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I would think with the records, there was really no reason for the guy to lie on the records. If he forgets, I, I, I'm sure you saw in your in your research that meticulous, you know, the companies for themselves keep meticulous records. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I believe. Uh, I believe. Maybe you'll you'll touch on it later on about the silo and it's tested and they know where it comes from. Yeah. So maybe you'll get to that later on. But uh, I, I would I would have to assume that they have no reason to lie because they have they have no like my they have no they have no reason to think about this yeah. this, this uh, you know at the time they're doing the the the, the surgery that it's going to come back to the colony cell farm. Okay. Right. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just that was an interesting point. Continue. Yeah. No, so yeah, so I, I went to Rabbanim and I asked them what's going on with, with the with what's it doing with the milk. So they said, yeah, of course the milk is usher. So I said, so what about baby formula, and what about de? So there were a lot of people that were like, it was like the first time I, I mentioned this to them. I a few tell me the chacham that I spoke to that when I mentioned the formula, they were like. Well, that's a very interesting thing to think about. So I said, what do you tell your people that ask about formula? Because they were Mako on Chalv Stam formula, not on Chalv Stam. So they said, they didn't think about it. They were honest. But they said that, you know, the Birawacha brings down that you could be Safinan and Issa Derabanan to Katan. Very, like, a term that were very, like, interesting. I mean, it's a Birawacha, but to, 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 um, to rewind it, like to tell people that they could do it. I mean, there's Tim Tama wave, even if it's Mutta, there's Tim Tama wave on Esther Abanan. So I just found it, I found it interesting. Not, I didn't understand it. And then my friend, Mayor Khan, who was extremely helpful in this, in my entire, uh, for the last few years, um, Shirem Mayor Khan, he, he, he uh, contacted, he, he put, I was sending him to a certain person he's close, close with to try to figure out what he relies on in the Shaiwa. And that Rosh Hashiva said that um, he said that uh, whatever, he said different stars. He said of Shamzam, he heard was Matarit. But then I got Rabbi Blythe's article to him and he started to be Machmar on the Shaiwa. Um, so so uh, when I heard that, I'm like, what's going on? This is just like, I'm like I, I, I felt like I, I said it on the last, um, that I was on Nachim Weinstein's podcast on the Storm Chatter. He, he, his podcast, Baruch Hashem, helped uh, very much. I said it's like, I felt like I discovered America. Like I'm coming away. I was born when the Shia happened, and I'm asking people. Now I know people drink Chalstam and they have big rabban to rely on, but there was like this pe- there are people that knew the Shia that didn't like the Trefus at Aram. They weren't able Trefus, but they were still relying on it for so many different things. And like things weren't checking out. So so I started to prepare actually a contrast with um with Humra to try to just raise awareness. I didn't want to be this whole Kanai trying to flip the table over, but I want to tell people that they should know that if they're in Brooklyn and they could buy. They don't have to rewind it. Maybe baby formula, but if they don't have to eat hagen if they know that it's a very good yevedik hetter. Um, he, I just met uh, Rav Chaim Kohn. So he told me, he said, yeah, I know that you were looking for the truth because I remember when you thought it was Asr. That's what he told me. Like, <laughs> yeah. He said, so, so, so I, I, there was a point. I was just, I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I kept on telling people, you know, it's it's not as simple as it sounds. It's not like it's just another Shaiwa. It's a Shaiwa, rewind it, there are terms, but, but don't rely on it just because you want to eat something. I said, you wouldn't be comfortable if you want the sugi. I said, I feel bad you don't want the sugi, but you wouldn't be comfortable if you want the sugi. So that was definitely, this was about in, in uh, about three years ago, three years ago. And uh, I, it was a big issue with my, my son was eating formula and, and it's a very big problem. So I was, I, it was very sure. I, I was relying on the surgeries on, there's like a marsham that says, we have some maruba. You could be made like one of the place him and, and for a cotton, he's better than have some Ruba, there's Ramah and Hokashab. It was like and then and then I contacted, I didn't even speak about this on, on Nachi Weinstein's farm chatter. I, I, I contacted Similac to try to figure out the percentages of milk in the powder if it could be bottle. If you don't say Hanan, Wach Wach, it could be bottle. You know, the Shukhan, if we pass like the Machaber, whatever it's not for now. Right. I basically figured out that in a prepared bottle, the trapus would be bottle according to the Machaber if you hold it, you don't say Hanan because it's a Wach Wach. And that, that was what made me like that calmed me down because I'm like at least I had the machaber who says and the remaster to have some rubo you throw on it so that was that was the only at that point that was a very like uh, it was a I was in a personal uh, it was a personal this was a personal issue at that point so it was, uh, I was very busy with it. 
Um, so, so, so what? So, so then, what was your next step in oh, trying? So, to, so what? I, right. So, so, you, so, you, so you dealt with the electric backtrack. You dealt with it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. This is great. Wait, so you, you dealt with the. We dealt with the. Um, I'm sorry. You dealt with the. So you you were you were asking people about just to give a recap. You were asking people about the ramifications that it has, even for those who are not called Israel. We talked about, of course, the Mashlichim. So, and then we talked about we talked for sure, but we talked before about the actual procedure. So the procedure didn't really get you anywhere. We're still, we're still, we're still behind the eight ball. Um, even if you're not going to it has ramifications. So where, where, what did you do next in order to try to figure so, out? So, this is, so it's very interesting. I'll tell you when, when I was going through the surgery, so I prepared a template of emails and I was like sending the emails to professors and veterinarians all around America. I looked on, on the web for the, the big dairy places. There's Texas, Wisconsin, New York, California, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Tufts, all these places. I was emailing them. And Tufts, Tufts I, University? Yeah. So, so uh, I got, I was basically the Icar dealing with Cornell, but with email, it was, uh, it was easy. I was contact. I mean, I'm emailing somebody from Wisconsin for a long time and, and Illinois. Like, it's just everybody's all the same. So I was emailing them questions about the surgeries because I was trying to figure out, again, the machoiks in between Rabbi Heinemann, Rabbi Belsky, and Rabbi Chaim Kohn, and uh, Rabbi Bleich, what they were writing about different things. And the last question I was asking was about incidents. I was trying to figure out the percent of cows that are sick because this is very relevant because even if we assume the cows are 100% trade from the surgeries, but if it's under 1.67%, which is shishim, it would be batal b'shishim. Um, whatever, getting into a guy being mevatele, but apipashas would be batele b'shishim. So we that would be a, that's a very critical factor of the shaila. Um, so the rabbanim did mention this. They obviously the rabbanim wrote beautiful chuvas. They all assumed that um, that every so this was happening at a higher rate than than one point six seven. Yes, they were assuming a higher percent. So I'll tell you, Rabbi Bleich quotes a study from Dr. Stephen Eicher, who says that it's between five and fifteen percent. He surveyed twenty six farms. Um, Rav Chaim Kohn says that I think it was 7% in America. Um, Rav Nasher Kwan says a 5 to 15% number. Rav Mendel Zilber says a 5 to 15% number. Rav Yitzchak Stein says a 5 to 15% number. And then uh, I, Rabbi Eckstein, in, um, Rabbi Eckstein Rabbi, from Bells, um, I saw a letter wrote that every farm has trachis in America. About, he wrote, he wrote um, what was his numbers he wrote? I don't remember. But they were, they were, um, they were all feeling that it's above shishim, so, so I didn't really wasn't really my eye in that part of it because if there's no, it seems like everybody was assuming the fact that there's no shishim and the only avenue is to figure out the trefus. So I pursued that avenue, but I threw in a question at the end and I was getting some interesting responses. The first one was uh, was um, somebody from California emailed me that she saw a report. She sent me the government report, the USDA, the, the not the United States Dairy Association, United States Department of Agriculture. The report says that in 2014, said that it was 2.2%. Uh, That's what it put DA at. It was a small sample. It was a hundred something farms, east and west. They divided up based on regions, but it was much lower than the numbers. And I looked back at the report from 2008, uh, 2007 years. They do, I think every seven years a report. And it was also around two, three percent. It was less than the numbers they were assuming. So I was trying to figure out what was going on. How many dairies, uh, how, many, how many farms are there in the United States or the process of getting the milk? Can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. So, so that's really in actually- other words, In other words, uh, yeah. In other words, no, no. milk that's on my table. Does that, does that come from one farm? Does that come from a collective? Because I remember it wasn't so long ago, actually, you know, the, every, every few years there's a tumult. Uh, the last tumult that we had with milk, uh, I heard about this from the, the OU and the other places, that milk coming from India. And we were told then that in India, there's collectives that bring it to one place. So in America, how does that work? Question number one. Question number two, is that is that the, the sample size that you're talking about? Did that cover in halacha? Do you think that that was enough to cover that sample size? I know I know I'm, I'm asking a lot, but I just want to get back. Sure. On the so so that's really what what happened. So I was researching. So 
I'll just give the numbers now. That in, in, when the Shiloh came up in 1992, 1993, 1994, there was over 150,000 farms in America. Wow. And um, all sizes, a cow, I think one cow qualifies a farm. People had in their backyard, but there was 150,000 farms. Today, in 2022, I mean, 2021, the last, the recent number I think I saw
I'm the one who's saying that everybody assumed it's 5% on every farm they do surgery because disease doesn't make a trade. So I'm saying it's not 5% on every farm with surgery. It's different on every farm. There's 30,000 farms. There were 150,000 farms back then. Who knows what every farm did? Every guy has a different consideration. This farmer has a vet who's his sister. So she does the, she does the surgeries for free. One person actually told me that. It's his sister's the vet. She comes for free. He, could, he doesn't have to pay her. Another person told me, I can't afford surgery. It's too much. So I just, I just euthanize the cow. I sell it, I, I sell it for a slaughter and I make some money on the meat. Another person says, I only do surgery because why would I sell the cow? I mean, if you think about it, it's like everybody in their lives, it, these are not, there's no government laws mandating anything. People do what they want and every farmer has a different consideration on different days. And I mean, not different days, they have different methods. They have different things. They have preventative measures. Some sell the cows, some do surgery, of course. There are farms that were trafe. I definitely um, had contact with farms that were trafe. I think my number was 86. I, I contacted about, uh, yeah, I can't, there were farms that were trafe. So just to assume that everything is the same, I think was a, just a, a, not a, 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 mis a, a mistake that was done deliberately. I just think um, it, 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 it's not mistaken to assume that something which is not totally betalva ha'olam, it's not something farmers have to do something, they have to get off their couch to make a decision about the cow. Why would we assume that everybody's doing the same thing? doesn't make sense even, it doesn't even, it's not even mistaken. That's why I think the skeptic here is me. And if you're skeptical of me, that means you're not a skeptic. You're somebody who believes that everything's the same, which I just don't understand why somebody would assume that because why would somebody assume that every farm is the same? So if I understand you correctly, you're telling me that this procedure is not even done in the numbers that was assumed until now that it was being done. Right. So, so because, I'll tell you that, because, yeah. because, because it's not, because, because sometimes, because even when you do have the disease, some of them, it's dealt with differently. Some sell, some kill, some do, and, and many don't. So does that leave us with under shishim? Right. So, so I, I just, I, so let me say what, I want to explain my head there, why I think it's Pasha the Mokas Mutter. Um, and I, I, it's all based on these reasons. Basically, I contacted farms. So when I started contacting, there were 40,000 farms in America. I sent out about 4,000 emails. I received responses to 380. So I got about not such a, a nice 10%. amount of number, a nice number, but yeah, 10% of what I sent, which is, you know, some of them thought I was PETA. So it's amazing. When I go back to my emails, I can't believe some people answered me. It was a chesem and So people responded to me and from my numbers, 75% were kosher. 50% had 50% of my farms were didn't even do surgeries. They just sold the cows, they killed the cows, whatever it was. That was 50%. 25% had shishim, they had bittel, and 25% were, were trade. That was how I saw it. Now, I'm not telling people that 75% of farms in America are kosher. I'm saying for my sample. But what I want to say is that my sample should render the rabbanim sample no, because they also didn't go to all farms. So we, they, whatever numbers they saw on their farms, because again, the Chal Yisrael, the Shaila started on Chal Yisrael farms. Chal Yisrael farmers, Mashkichim were there. They saw the Matthias and they spoke to experts and that's maybe what they, the impression they got that there was a high number of trafers on farms, but they didn't get numbers on all the farms. Rabbi Bleich's study on, um, Rabbi Bleich's uh, study that he quotes from Dr. Stephen Eicher was only on 26 farms. 26 farms in 1994 was under 1 point, was 0.2% of farms in New York at the time. Now, that's not representative of what's going on in New York. So I called the professor. I got in touch with that Dr. Eicher, and he told me that he never meant to, that his numbers should be representative of New York or even of the Western region of New York. He was, he was sampling Western region of New York farms. He said, I got numbers from farms, from one veterinarian, they did the same method of surgery. They did surgery. He said, I don't know what's going on on other farms. He said, I assume that this is how it is. Maybe that's how it was. He's like, I don't remember what I told the Rabbanim. He said, but it's not a sample. So it's like, I didn't take a sample. He said, a sample has to be representative. You have to have the population. You have to get the right amount of farms and certain different, whatever, different sizes. He said, he told me a muscle that he said, if you stand in front of a grocery store and ask people from nine to 10 at night, what they, you want to see who drinks Coke or Pepsi for supper. So he said, if you stand outside and you ask all the people that come in, 20 people come in, 15 people drink Coke, five people drink Pepsi. So he said, you want to say, oh, 50, you want to say 75% uh, drink 
Coke, 25% of people drink Pepsi. You say that's a very terrible type of uh, sample because it's just people that come 10 o'clock at night to the grocery store. So what about everybody else? You're trying to figure out in your in your uh, community what the what people drink. He said, that's what happened here. He said, it's called a convenience sample and it's nothing. He said, it wasn't representative. He said, it was a good sample for itself. He explained to me why he did it. I was asking him, if it's not a sample, why are you wasting your time with it? Why'd you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So he explained to me why he told me because he said he didn't like records from farms. They weren't so accurate in both ways. So he said he wanted to get, he got the veterinarian's records. He, he had a reason for it. He didn't really explain to me why I spent the phone on the, a long time with him on the phone. He didn't really explain to me why it was. He told me it really wasn't a good sample for him either. But Akopanen, his sample wasn't representative. So what are we dealing with here? The 26 farms are not representative. There are, the Mashkichim in 1994 were on, let's say, 10 farms. Why does that tell me what's going on in the rest of America? Maybe there was high numbers in the rest of America and they sold it. Maybe there were low numbers. One prominent icer was not happy so much with what I wrote to him. I wrote to him and he said that if there would be preventative measures, as you're saying, to prevent the disease, it would, should be in the literature. It should be in the, in the, in the, the medical journals and stuff. So I found in the medical journals in the 90s, they were already saying to change the feed. I, I have like 50 PDFs of, of stuff. They were already talking. They knew it was the feed. They knew it was from that. So, so it just to, to assume, I don't think of Chas Fisham that this was a deliberate mistake. I just think it was a mistake. It was a mistake. Um, we assumed that what they saw the Rabbanim on the farms was on every farm. And it wasn't so. And not only that, it's just interesting because it could be that Based on what I'm saying, um, the issue was only by Chal Yisrael. That's what. That's really what I'm. I. It's a, a past issue. We don't have to deal with the past. But if we look into the Shaiwa now, it seems to be called the Chal Stam on the Trefus aspect isn't a Shaiwa and never was a Shaiwa because what we see now, based on my numbers, and I confirm this with experts, Rabbi Gordon on the OU who knows a lot. But I confirm this with with professors all over America. They told me that it's. Pasha that this is how it is. I have emails and they would tell me that people send, people sell cows. A guy told me in Utah, he was been on 25% of farms. Nobody's done a surgery there in 10 years. A woman from Virginia told me she hasn't done surgery. She used to do 30 surgeries a month. She does one. Um, somebody in Wisconsin, a veterinarian who was extremely helpful, told me that he he said that he sent me his numbers from farms. He said, he sent me 12,000. He sent me numbers from 12 farms with 12,000 cows. Only one farm had a bakshishim. This guy was sending me his numbers from his computer. It's just as numb as what the mashkichim on the Chav Yisrael farms are seeing. It's his computer. Now, he told me that that farm had a feed issue, and that's why they had high numbers. He said that's that's what the problem was. So now that this is so, which I think is just, again, I'm the skeptic here. I'm just saying that every farm is different. So now when you go to the store and you buy Chav Stam, you don't know where your milk came from. This was another issue the Rabbanim wrote, which I don't think was um, explained properly. Uh, I just want to explain for a second here what it is. Um, Many people assume you could trace milk to the farm that it came from. I, I don't know people, Hamaynam, the consumer, but there are Rabban that wrote this, and it's not so. I just want to explain why. When you go, um, when you go to a store and you buy milk, all the, that's on the milk is a code. And I just want to, I have a muscle here. I just want to give a muscle for the listeners. It will give them a little thing. Every bottle of milk has a code, a number. And uh, I'll pick one today. It's called Farmer's Choice Milk. It says 9183. So the first number is the state. Nine is Connecticut. And um, that means that it was processed in Connecticut at a plant. And 183 is a number of the plant. 183 is Guida's milk in New Britain, Connecticut. So the milk was processed in Connecticut. So who owns the plant? DFA. DFA is Dairy Farmers of America. They are a big co-op. The farmers don't package milk on the farm in a bottle and send it to the store. What the farmers do is that they, they there's a truck that comes to the to the farm. They're part of co-ops, cooperatives. Dairy Farmers of America, we're talking about. Dairy Farmers of America sends a, a, a truck to the to the farm. They pick up the milk, and then if they if that farm is big and it fills up the truck, they bring it to the plant in Connecticut, or they'll go to another farm and they'll fill up with that farm's milk. They could go to four or five farms. A guy told me a trucker told me he goes to four or five farms. That's the only that's his route. His truck has four to five farms every day of milk. It means when it's coming to the plant, it's mixed up. You can't figure out where the milk came from, from that thing. It gets dumped in the plant, and then it gets dumped in the silo. So this silo in Connecticut has, a, if you look on Google Maps, there's a lot of silos there. So there's three or four big silos, maybe more. 
So you have tankers and tankers dumping in, in milk. Tankers are 8,000 gallons, dumping into a 50,000 gallon silo. That means that every silo has five trucks worth of milk. That means it has, if, if every truck has five farms and every silo has five trucks, that means it's 25 farms. How are you supposed to figure out where your milk came from? So now this we know is from Guida, that plant. What am I supposed to do now? Now try calling Guida, I did. They will not pick up the phone. Try emailing them, they won't respond. So it's not even F Shalavuri, but even if it would be, what are they going to tell me? They're nice. They say, oh, we got it from these 25 farms. Now, what do you do? You're going to go to the farm. The farm doesn't have to answer you. They don't have to tell you. They, they, and even if you find out who says it came from those farms, I don't even know how logically how somebody could, tra could trace the milk. Um, there's a Robin Park who told me that uh, you could just make a phone call and find out where your milk came from. That's just not true. You can't. I don't know what he's talking about, but it's not the case. You can't make a phone call and find out where your milk came from. Um, milk is a conglomeration of dozens of farms. They don't pick up the phone. And even if they would pick up the phone, I just want to emphasize this because I didn't emphasize this yet till now. The entire Shiloh that we're dealing with, if we assume the milk is trafe, it's a derabun because the milk is about to be right because nobody assumes that 51% of cows on a farm have surgery. It's either 2%, 5%, 10%. It's for sure majority against it. So at most, the milk is a derabanan. So if it's a derabanan, so it's a, it's a derabanan. And now I'm telling you that it's a suffix, it's a derabanan, because we don't know where the milk came from. Maybe it came from a farm that has no surgeries on it. Maybe it came from a farm that sells the cows, that does preventative measures. You can't trace it. It's a suffix, it's a derabanan. Even if you were to tell me that I could call up Guida's plant in Connecticut, and they'll tell me the 25 farms. There's a tremendous tircha. The hawach is you don't have to be mavara isra That's a suffix. When it's betircha. So I don't even know what the hawachic basis that somebody would have to go to this issue. Again, it's only isra But it's not even relevant because you can't be mavara. The milk is, it's like in a box on the bottom of the ocean. If the answer for where your milk came from was in a box on the bottom of the ocean, and nobody could reach it. Because if they get there, they'll die. So the answer is there. Nobody, nobody could get the answer here. They don't respond to you. They don't even know themselves. I got a podcast from IBM where they're trying to institute blockchain so people should be able to trace their milk. So they should, I mean, the, but the plants, not even us, the, the plants, because they don't want to have to throw out milk when there's contamination. They throw out the whole day's milk. Why do they have to throw out the whole day's milk? It's one farm. Let that farm pay for the thing. Why do they have to throw out the whole day? Because they can't. They don't know which bottles came from what. According to these people, the, 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 the Pisgah that you could be Mavara, what? What you need IBM's blockchain? Just make phone calls, find out where your milk came from, and throw out those bottles. It's not true, which is partially not true. And um, somebody told me that it's easier to trace wood on your dining room table to where you, which tree it came from, than to find where your milk came from. You know, it's not, it's wow. not, it's not the, it's not Efshawa It's, it's. I think it was a misunderstanding again. So again, what I'm, all I'm saying is that even though it's possible your milk came from a farm that's straight, but you don't know that. And since you don't know that. So it's a Suffolk. It could be it came from a kosher farm. It could be it came from a not kosher farm. We're dealing with the Issa de Rabbanon. It's a Suffolk de Rabbanon. Suffolk de Rabbanon is a cool Now, there's somebody in, in, uh, in Wakewood, a Tamachacham Rabbi Rachmiel folk, who helped me extremely with, my, uh, with a lot of parts of my safer. And um, the first time I spoke to him, he was trying to tell me that based on what I wrote, it should be even better than Suffolk de Rabbanon Akua. Um, he said, that it should be called the parish. I'm not going to go into that now, but I, there are many people that now that I published it have called me to tell me. He told me this 18 months ago. Um, he told me uh, 18 months ago that I should be pushing this. I didn't, but he he, he was saying that uh, it's pushed that it so should we, be called you mean, the parish. You mean you, if I just explain it for the listeners, you want to say that it's not a suffix, it's. <laughs> It's more than a suffix. You're saying it's more, you don't even have to come on to the halachas of suffix. You're saying called the parish, my yes. parish. Yes. Yes. And it helps for a lot of, a and, lot and of that, Interesting. Very, very interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, just, just to, just to be Milan with Schuss on our, our Heiliger Rabbanim, uh, you know, I believe that the amount of, uh, information that you're able to call today probably wasn't uh, wasn't available the way it was uh, in 1994, especially with emails and internet and being able to pull up documents PDFs, as you said. Um, I still remember, uh, you know, um, coming home from yeshiva and my father telling me that he had a you guys an email address, asking me what's an email address. So <laughs> um, definitely, a lot of it was much. Uh,
and sure that you know with the with the Ma'ayin more in the Sugga, people will have much better understanding based on what you're what you're telling us. Let me ask you a question. What um what's the feedback that you've gotten on the safer, just to, generally? And I'm curious to know the feedback from the people that live through the Shaila. I'm not talking about the Rabbanim. I'm talking about guys like me, you know, Amta, that uh, that yeah. oh wow, you know, like like I told you at the beginning. Uh, so, so for the most part, even the Rabbanim that were that were ice from, most of them were were very attentive. And, uh, many agreed with what I said, and they said it's Tayawas even for them because some of them were Hasidish, but they said that for for um, formula it's Nagaya, and it's also Baruch Hashem Kaisra wasn't Nechshon Trefus. I mean, we should be dancing in the streets that we found out that people weren't being Nechshon Trefus for thirty years. Um, and Chalstam again, based oh, on wait, I'll, just tell you, I'll just tell you. That it wasn't. It wasn't much. It wasn't a much. It wasn't much later that the Shaila of the Shaitlach came out with India. So I guess maybe that's the next figure that you have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> this this counter, I didn't intend to figure this out. It wasn't. I, I wasn't working through this. Those, those were. Those see, from my recollection, from my Yemei Bakhrusi, those those were the two big Shailas that hit Klal Yisrael at the time. I believe I was married already when the when the when the when the Shaitlach Shaila came in. I married in 1997, but. Um, and um, so, so I, I just want to know about uh, you said the Rapanim, but the, the Balabatim Amcha, you know. Yeah, so it was, what's so it was the very reaction. So Baruch I'm very positive. Um, um, somebody called me up this week, a younger man, awake He told me that he hasn't eaten O U D E for 13 years because of the Shaiwa, and he started again. Wow, very nice. Um, and people with, for, with formula, the, uh, many people told me with formula, uh, Rabanim. I heard on Wakewood a lot of people are changing their sack about. Changing their psalm based on the safer, which again, I'm not even though I maybe sound a little bit uh, I was like pushing my thing here now. I did not intend my passionate. safer. You sound passionate, that's good. Passionate I'm too. passionate, I'm passionate about it because I think it was a mistake and I don't think it was intentional, but I think it's just a mistake. And in Bar, I mean, it's a very relevant Shiawa. And just because people are aware of Moshe doesn't mean we should throw them under the bus because we don't like Ramosh's Psaq, which some people I think are doing. But for the most part, everybody, people are, 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 um, uh, it's been very positive. And um, I mean, it's, it, uh, even the, uh, even many of the ice from told me that they're, they're happy to know this, as I mentioned, and just that people should know, I want people to look into the Shaiwa. I'm not coming to tell anybody that I'm right. That's not the point there. I just presented my opinion till now. Everybody could buy the safer. They could listen to the podcast. I could send them the English PDF of it where I wrote up the thing. They could look into the shower themselves. I just want the purpose of the safer. I wrote this in the in my Hakdama is not to close the book. It's to open. I want people to look into the shower again. I feel like it was shut a long time ago and not dealt with correctly. Like this, you know exactly a point that I would like in the feedback because Baruch Hashem from Nachi from the Sfarm chat or a lot of people from Nachi Weinstein, a lot of people heard the thing. He had over 2,000 hits. People told me, people are calling me up and saying I should have been stronger. It should be called the Parsh. I got three Rabbanim telling me this. That's what I want. I'm at, I'm at Rashka Bahag. I'm at Tamukhak. Well, people look at this information and everybody should say what they want. It's a Baruch Hashem. I'm not coming to tell people that exactly what I say is. Even the Matthias, my, my sample isn't representative of America. It's just enough to knock out the Oystrom sample. Right, again, it's not representative. It's just to say, we don't based know. On that's the sam- based on the sample that they were using, you know, that your sample is more. Complete. Right, right. And, and I spoke to Rob Bonham that one big rub told me, his words were, boy, did we mess up. That's what he said. One very big God told me that. Boy, did we mess up. And yeah. he told me he was very Maybe happy. he could say, he could say that, but. He could say that, but our, you know, we 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 view it as the rabbanim. Right, the he said that they have not, the best that they can when they have it. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, I'm not saying that. I, I think I think that the professors maybe gave the impression that they were saying the numbers on all farms in America, and I'm not saying anything. I just think that now with this information, um, people should revisit the issue. And again, I'm not dealing with Chal Yisrael. I'm not telling people to not drink Chal Yisrael. That's not the purpose here. I'm dealing with with um, I'm dealing with. People who rely on Ramosha. I'm not making a chaos in Chalvi Yisrael. Some people think I'm making a chaos in Chalvi Yisrael. I'm trying to tell people to start drinking Chalvi Yisrael. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what it is. I'm, I'm not. Uh... No, I think I think that, I think it's important that that uh, whatever whatever we eat, whatever we drink, should be uh, have the utmost to do room and, and uh, without a yes. substance of kasher. Let me ask you, where can where can we get the safer? So actually, I, I have a website, chalvtrefa.com. People could order it there, but I think okay. it's supposed to be in the uh, in the. Uh, oh, you heard me. 
No, spell that. Spell that. Chal of Trefa. Spell that. Oh, Chal of Trefa. dot com. C H A L A V T R E I F A H. dot com. Um, it's it's you could buy it in Gift World. I heard in, in Queens and Gift World and Safra. Is there a farm store Safra? Um, and then in Zindel Berman's and Eichers, Bigelize and uh, Judica Pazno Lakewood. Shopsies in Baltimore. I heard had it. Um, if anybody wants to contact me regarding on the website, healthtrafer.com, you don't have to buy the safer. There's an email thing over there. You could email me and I could send an, the English PDF to anybody who wants to read a short kitzer in English about the Shiloh. Just to give a background, again, I'm not imposing my, my uh, sock on anybody and everybody should ask their local rough. I'm just trying to, I want the issue to be revisited because it's extremely relevant for so many people and it just shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, put into the dustbins of history that everybody's eating trefus when it doesn't seem that not only not only that, it just seems that Chalvi Yisrael, Chalv eaters were never having trefus because we never knew, right? The people that we never knew that they had, that, that there was problems, right? The, I mean, we, meaning the, the Rabbanim, never knew the statistics on it. So it never necessarily meant that they were eating trefus as opposed to the Chalvi Yisrael farms. That's where the Shiloh was. That was where the Syria Shiloh was. So the Shiloh seems to have been, Way I'm looking at it, only in Chalvi Israel Farms, only in 1994, because they claim they fixed it, so it's not by them. And Chalv Stam was always a subject because we never knew the facts, of course, in America. So it seems like it was a very Baruch Hashem. This Trefer Shah was a local Shah, was in 1994, and uh, not Baruch Hashem currently going on. Manus, thank you. I want to thank you very much for your time. I know there's more questions to ask, but it's getting late, and I'll let you go. I really, really appreciate it. It's a fascinating topic, and really, the, it, again, I have to have to praise you that but also, you know, it's is is timeless. Timeless. We always have to. It's timeless, and you know, and we have We always have to. We always have to question and go back and check and make sure that our facts are right. And of course, every we all know halacha doesn't change, but Matthias changes. Can I just and say one last thing? Something, please. Yeah, so one point, one of the Isram told me he doesn't want to give me a scum on my safer because the Matthias could change and they could all do start doing surgeries. So I just want to explain for the listeners why that shouldn't be a problem, which I explained to this Rav. Um, one of the, so, I, so again, we don't know what's going on in the farms. There was a sample, let's say, of 20 farms that were trafed in the 90s that Rabbanim had. And I have a sample that Lechair knocks that out. If somebody wants to say it's us, so they would have to prove that the majority of farms, 15,000 plus farms, have surgeries that make a trade. That could be, it could happen, but the onus is on the ice room, right? Again, it's not, this doesn't need to be this barrier again, unless somebody figures out that that's the Matthias. So it doesn't seem like the Matirim have to foul up on the Shiwa. It seems like the ice room would have to prove that it changed. That's just, and he agreed with me this, Rob. He said, you're right, but he says it's Chal Stam, and he doesn't want to give a safe Chaskam Chal Stam, which I respect. He said because he doesn't want to condone it anyway, which is a different Shiloh. But he, that point, this Rav agreed with me. He's a tremendous Rav. He said that he doesn't, he agreed with me that he doesn't think it could change what Isser unless it is proven by the Isser, not Minastam. I just wanted to. Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send us an email at vhq at queensva.org. Again, that's vhq at queensva.org. Please feel free to subscribe at queensva.org and to receive all of our content, including the vodcast, the weekly Shabbos podcast, and our newsletter, and for updates and news. Thank you, and have a great day.